A gold blooded says the only worry is the injuries, is the injuries for this guy, gold blooded. And then we got a guy saying he wants to see Niners Dolphins in Vegas. Dale drops Brock is the most cerebral quarterback in the league. Chess versus checkers. Uh, there has not been a quarterback this smart since the line uh, at the line since Tom Brady. It's not even close. Um, Brock is very, 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 you know, he's football smart. Again, it's that central processing unit we were talking about earlier. He sees the field. He processes the information. If I can steal from Greg Cosell once again, he's good late in the down. And you can't be good late in the down unless your eyes are where they need to be. This was the criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, first read, he's a really good quarterback. Second or third read, his quarterbacking acumen starts to fall dramatically, where it feels like Brock's quarterbacking acumen almost increases the deeper he gets into the play. And that's a credit to him, to Kyle, to the players and talent around him. They all fit each other like a hand in a glove. Brock has, and it's not just intellect. I mean, I'm sure it is partially intellect, but spatial awareness. The one thing the Niners weren't doing in the later stages of the Garoppolo run where they weren't having play action from under center as much as they were play action from Jimmy being in the shotgun. Why? Because when Jimmy turned his back on the defense and then turned back around, he kind of needed to recalibrate where everybody was. When you watch Brock Purdy operate under center and he turns his back on the defense on a play action play fake, when he flips back around, he literally knows where everybody his his mind or or his eyes have taken that picture and he knows where everybody's going to be. And you'll see him flip back around and be he's already taken his hand off the ball. He knows where he's going to go with it. So, you know, that we're talking about split seconds here, but there that's the difference. Right there. Um, We got this one from Greg Argisi. He says, Brock equals baby Montana. Real life Brocky. Yo, Niners. Or maybe even go Niners. Eric Wertheimer says, Debo Sember is my favorite month. (laughs) Better than Toyotathon. (laughs) Debo is incredible. Um, Five touchdowns in his last two games. Bang, bang, 49er gangs. Can 49ers pay, per, pay Purdy now? He's worth the bag. Nope. They don't They don't have to pay him now. Yep. That's the beauty of it. Nope. Uh, Dolanile, Dolanite says, enjoyed Krug's interview with Kinlaw. Yeah, we we've, we wrapped up with a uh, three-minute uh, breakdown on dip. I said, what are you chewing, bro? And he's like, I go, is that, is that Copenhagen? Is that Grizzly? What do you got there? And uh, he's like, I don't know what I'm chewing. I bummed it from George. <laughs> so we we talked about what kind of dip uh, uh Javon Kinlaw bad. They they yeah, they definitely want players endorsing uh <laughs> yeah, smoke back up. What was the answer by the way? He's a former dipper. I haven't he, had a single dip if, so you're for asking me like so Damon, what's what's the worst part of the the stroke? <laughs> I don't dip anymore. Oh, it's I, terrible stuff. I I quit it as well. I remember Tommy when I worked with Tolbert used to love the cherry skull. I asked uh, uh, Javon, he's like, man, I like a little something, anything with a little wintergreen. He likes a little wintergreen. There green. you go. Well, so he might be a Kodiak guy then because Kodiak is, they, they would find two, they, you could re, you could feel the mouth cancer coming with Kodiak. You can feel it cutting into your gums. Well, you, I, I don't know if people know this, but you know what they put in dip? Shards, shards of glass. Yeah. To cut your lip so that 
it goes so that the tobacco goes into the bloodstream. Glass, sand, Larry. These are diabolical, these, man. That's diabolical. Are, yeah. Uh, Danny Golding TV says 49er wake up is the best wake up show based in the Bay since wake up SF with Danny Tanner and Rebecca Donaldson. I believe that's a full house reference. <laughs> I guess that would make us the Olsen twins. Robert Whitaker. Larry's impression of Ralph is better. Sorry, Damon. <laughs> Come on. Craig, you're so cute. You get angry about the Giants. Oh, you're going to Disneyland? Go to Toontown. <laughs> I gotta remember that. I was so excited about it. Go to Toontown. Go to Toontown, Larry. Yeah, yeah. No, Craig, let me tell you, you gotta go to Disney's Disney's Kitchen. It's in downtown Disney. It's a little pricey, but you're really gonna like it. The characters are there. They interact with the kids. I really enjoyed it. Tate enjoyed it. We really thought it was great. Five weeks later, I come back. Ralph, you owe me a hundred bucks. I went to breakfast. It was like a hundred and forty dollars. <laughs> it's a little pricey. It's a little pricey. It's a little pricey. But like, I, you know, I save money on my 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 my, my, my yada, So I, I want to say I don't save on Disneyland. Elite Archer twenty three, but I can't point out why Kyle isn't trusted. Sounds like he's wrapping up a bigger conversation or point he was making in somewhere else there. This is what know. happens when we group the super chats, uh, Elite Archer. We didn't fully get the context, I think. Atlanta 3 says, is Grant coming to Pig in a Pickle? Damon and Grant can hug it out while Coach provides security. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who will be there, but I'm excited for everybody who will be at Pig in a Pickle. Lorenzo Pinto says, I grew up with you two guys. I'm here to support. Thank you. Thank Lo. you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, Rakeem Jamani says, great show, guys. Love the hustle you guys have. So happy about the 49ers season ticket holder down in the OC. I really can see this team being denied a soup. I really can see this team being denied a Super Bowl championship. I think he means I really can't see. I really right. can't see this team being denied a Super Bowl championship this season. By the way, how about Rakeem? Is is there more? Is there a more impressive season ticket holder than the one <clears throat> who has to fly into the game? I mean, that's Rakeem. Is whatever bell he rung, he rang it good and loud. Cheers. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Uh, the Shaw, not a super, but I had to throw this one in, in there. He says Brock's birthday is the twenty seventh. He will be twenty four. Crazy. I mean, the that's Shaw, what's way. He's been to Plouffe Mania. He's he's a hell of a listener, and uh, that is crazy. Just that's how you, that's you, you know, you want, are these the best 49er times? Well, you know what? I don't know, but they're about to be, they're about to be drunken ninja says Terrell Owens is on, is on line one big and fast. Yeah. T.O. had a little bit more route running ability and stop and start. And there was a lot more footwork to D to uh, T.O. than DK, but you're right. Big, strong, fast, dominant. Um, you don't want to tackle. You don't want to tackle To with three steps. You don't want to tackle Debo when he's got three steps. And man, if DK gets it rolling, good luck bringing him down. You're going to make business decisions in that secondary. East Bay Ricardo says the biggest, um, biggest play of the biggest play of the, the big, day. The biggest play of the day uh, was the unscripted fake punt. Again, Mitch Wisnowski saw something. He loved it. And I mean, he read it <clears throat> as correctly as a punter can read that play. I mean, if you're going to freelance like that as a punter, you a billion percent better be right with it. And he was right with it. Um, it's going to give 
opposing teams down the road, something to think about in a category they normally don't need to think about. Like you said, Larry, there hasn't been a singular fake punt in the Shanahan 49er era. I don't know if there was a singular fake punt when he was an OC for the Atlanta Falcons either. I mean, it's just, he'd rather, I mean, he's got such an offense. He'd rather try to pick up the fourth with just a straight up play than a fake punt, but wish did a hell of a job on that. Too bad. It didn't stand. Can I tell you why I believe we saw the fake punt yesterday? Because it was, first of all, Schneider uh, is the former Seattle special teams coach. So if he's going to put, get one over, he's going to get one over on the, on the team that he worked for, for a long time. It was also the kind of game, and I talked to Neal about this, where the where Seattle was going to try, you think, to steal a series with something, an onside kick, a possible fake punt, because the Niners are better than Seattle. And when you're better, when the team that you're playing is better and high, more high-powered, you might want to steal a possession. And so, you know what? If you feel like you can beat them to the punch, you do it. And so I think the 49ers thought maybe a fake punt was coming on the other end and they wanted to And Schneider, who's an expert special teams coach said, I'm going to beat them to the punch. By the way, when is it okay to butcher your spelling or your verbiage in a, in a super chat? When you come right back with the correction for 499 more, he says the biggest play of the game was the unscripted fake punt. Thank you. East Bay Ricardo. Again, uh, biggest play isn't exactly spelled correctly there. So another $5, he could get it right. (laughs) Thank you very much. He's Bay Ricardo. Yes. Tom Daly says, miss where I was born, San Francisco, even though it's not the same, but you two bring me back. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Tom. That's 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 a a huge compliment. And that is something that I've heard, Larry, you know, when I, when people talk about finding us here on YouTube and subscribing and liking they're not only do we serve up, I think sports right today, but there's an element of nostalgia that gets wrapped up in us. And a lot of people are like, Oh, to hear your voice again. And to hear you guys working together, my two favorite hosts that the Bay area always should have put together, but no radio station was ever able to figure out how to do it the right way, the right time almost happened once, but you know, it's uh, it's great that it's happening now. No doubt about it. Hey, you want San Francisco minus the feces and the needles? Check out the Krug Show. Check out Damon Bruce Plus. There you go. Check out 49er Wake Up. Uh, Daryl Granville says, can the Niners still pick up Kinlaw's fifth-year option? No, but they can sign him. You know, they can sign him. He's a free agent, and I'm sure he would like to stay, and maybe they would like to have him at a certain price. That's a thing. His, I his think mentor he, is Eric Armstead. He's played uh, himself into a price point that the Niners should be able to digest and, and hopefully keep them around. And honestly, if they can't, Hey, I like Javon Kinlaw. It's he's, he, you know, there, there are some players that fall into the land of hard to replace. And there are other players that are replaceable. I would say that Kinlaw drifts into the lane of replaceable more than most guys along that defensive front, but he's having a great year. No, no complaints about Kinlaw at all. But if, how about this? If they can't re-sign Kinlaw, it won't be the difference in are you a playoff team or are you not? He plays a position where if he keeps playing this well, he will get paid. And if he's going to get paid big, it may have to be elsewhere. But um, Aaron Banks told me yesterday in an interview that you can find on the Krug Show that J.K. is a great dude. He's like, man, people don't realize what a great dude that guy is. He's very real. 
Yeah, he's just he really cares. He's a great teammate. This is Aaron Banks, and he's like, and he's strong as hell. He's like, you know, as somebody who's had to block him, I mean, when this guy pen, plays with leverage and a bended knee, I mean, you saw it in that Seattle game on the Ambry pick. He took that center and just waltzed him back into the quarterbacks, into Geno's back pocket, made it look like he was going up against high school kids. I mean, Kinlaw, when he plays with leverage, maintains strength that very few people have. By the very way, few. you said Aaron Banks' name. We haven't used his name yet. He had another really good game, part of that left side, and Trent Williams collapsing the entire world over there. I want you to... Um, Banks is a great dude, too. He's got a one-year-old. He showed me a picture of his one-year-old yesterday in the post-game locker room. Damon, this guy's bigger than us. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a one-year-old that literally is like six feet. I mean, the guy is – I've never seen a bigger one-year-old in my entire life. I said, does that kid have a driver's license? There you I mean, go. It's, it's a big, that's a big boy. What's the family business? We large. That's what we, <laughs> we we large over in this family. Aaron Banks, uh, uh, what is a uh, Greg or Jeff Jeff Schwartz? Gregory, what's his name? The former offensive lineman. He's all over Twitter. You know who uh, I'm talking about? Um, I, I oh yeah, uh, Jeff Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz, former yeah, Oregon Schwartz. Duck. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, big Oregon. His guy. brother played Mitchell Schwartz. Played Mitchell for Cal. Schwartz. Exactly. Uh, so Jeff Schwartz broke down the McCaffrey 72 yard game opening run. Watch Aaron Banks get to the second level on that run. Watch Aaron Banks Spirit. just clean up the dance floor. And I think he took out Bobby Wagner too on the play. The, the reason why Brock Purdy had the entire dance floor to cut back across was because Aaron Banks came out there and like, hook the unknown comic off the stage. If I can use a reference, that's at least 50 years old here. Right. Right. Um, that, that's what happened. That, I mean, he, 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 he laid waste to the linebacker that he got to in that second level. So cheers to Aaron Banks. Oh, he's going to have a great answer one year old son. Right. He's going to have a great career. He said, he, I said, he, and I said to him, I said, Hey man, he doesn't even know that you're a football player at this point. Uh, and he goes, yeah, no, we had him at the right time. He goes, but I'd love for him someday to, you know, he's got the six, he said he's already bought him a little 65 Jersey. Uh, but he goes, he, he'd love, you know, to have, you know, still be playing when the kid's a teenager and be able to, you know, be able to like, you know, enjoy his career, or have his, remember, enjoy his career with him. This is another lesson that again, sports fans are terrible at learning this lesson. Some guys take a little patience. Aaron Banks took a little patience. Remember all of his, you know, yeah. didn't even dresses in the beginning of his career in his rookie year, and he was being declared a bust. And right, and John Lynch pushed out. back and, and said and said, "Hey, hey, wait a second! All you guys saying this guy's a bust. This guy's not only not a bust. This guy's going to be a very good player for us for a long, long time." And that was that was late in his, I think, his rookie year, where people were like, "Oh, Aaron Banks is a bust." It's like we're we're in a knee jerk quick reacting society. Nobody has patience for development anymore. Banks just needed that red shirt year to reproportion his body, learn the right. league, you get to learn the body speed. that off. And, and here's the thing. Yep. Everyone looks at the offensive line and they think all you need is a rhinoceros horn and you're just a big dude. And that's there. I don't know if there is a more technique riddled position on a football field than an offensive lineman. Yeah, it is. Point. Everyone is big and strong. What kind of technique? I mean, just leaning a centimeter to the left will get you beat. And you got to learn how to not do that. And um, 
He's done a great job. He's done a really great job developing into a, a player who, again, was injured there for a while. The 49ers had a little trouble establishing their ground game in a way that they want to. He's back in the mix, and look at the afternoons that they've put up from the backfield. I asked him about the turf toe. I said, how's the turf toe coming along? Because turf toe, as you know, Damon, can be like one or two weeks, or it could be a career ending. Yeah, I have He's like turf toes. I have, I have nothing but turf toe. <laughs> well, he banks it. Hey, you know, it's it's getting better. He's doing the treatment. He's not feeling the pain as much. Uh, it's subsided a little bit. Um, so he said he's feeling he's feeling better as far as the turf toe. So that that's good. And and you know, he took a couple of weeks off because of the turf toe. And if you watch really closely, you can see his explosiveness to get to climb out onto that second level and pick off linebackers is better now than it was early in the year. So it's amazing what a couple of weeks of rest late in the year will do to uh your speed. And and, and if you've watched banks all year, you can notice it. Uh, Mike Baker says, love the insight and the laughs after games with guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Um, East Bay Ricardo. I got you. The biggest play of the game. (laughs) (laughs) There's the fake punt in the game. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the 15 bones three times over. Uh, Ollie K K U or K O says, how about the Hawks stealing our double fake pass? Yep. Look, yeah, I saw that. Good players, what is it? Good comedians borrow, great comedians steal. Yeah. Same thing with coaching. There you go. All right. Those are all the supers, 30 supers almost right there. Uh, we appreciate every single one of them. And, you know, seriously, very cool that this is another cool aspect of YouTube is that, you know, you can interact. Um, we, people can make donations. Um, Damon and I have, have had shows where we've done some great video calls, which we're both big fans of. Um, I think video calls are in some ways are better than, you know, I'm, Damon and I are the kind of host that love to take phone calls on the radio. And so now video calls are like even better than, than, um, you know, than radio calls because you get to actually go face to face with people. Yeah, you get to really, look really someone cool. in the eye. You get to see what someone looks like for the first time when you're talking to them. And it's, it's, it's really cool. We're going to be doing a, I'm calling it Sports Phone Friday, just straight up. Friday is my 11 o'clock show. We are now taking calls. I think that that's the new sort of modus operandi of the uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time show that I hope you'll all be sticking around for coming up in about 40 minutes over on Damon Bruce plus we're going to get going with a show where we're not only going to be talking more about the 49ers but Larry and I have just pretty much been over every single petal of the flower there really isn't many stones to be left unturned but we'll talk a little bit about Otani and the Warriors too so a little bit more uh everything in the mix that is going on um larry i think we need to sort of kind of go over what happened in the nfl schedule if you're through all of the supers yesterday yeah yeah. a very consequential day in football with still two monday night football games coming up tonight this evening we've got uh uh titans dolphins so we'll see if the dolphins don't join the 10 win club that game starts at 5 15 west coast time followed by uh Oh, going off at the same time as well. Packers yeah, identical, identical. One's on ABC, one's on ESPN. And isn't that weird? They they put Packers Giants. You know, Packers are six and six. The Giants are four and eight. But just because it's the New York market, that goes on ABC, 
And yet Dolphins are probably the favorite out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. They're nine and three. They haven't lost at home all year. Um, and yet the Dolphins wind up on cable. Well, let's be, I mean, if we're being completely honest, forget about market size, the biggest NFL brand in that bunch is the Green Bay Packers. So that's probably why they're on Monday Night Football. Yeah. I mean, dude, Packers fans are. Yeah, sure. Oh, you're everywhere. right. They're like mold. Uh, by the way, my bet on this, I'm, I'm going two-team teaser on this one. Give me the Packers tease down to, I'm going seven-and-a-half-point teaser. So Packers plus one-and-a-half, and I'm going to go Dolphins minus six-and-a-half on the tease and parlay them together tonight. Hey, yeah, Dolphins, yeah, two-touchdown favorite uh, hosting the Tennessee Titans. Um, it, it, <laughs> Mike Baker says, Super Chats are better than yelling at the radio. Yes, thank you. Uh, a game that had some consequences yesterday that a lot of people, you know, aren't focusing on. A lot of Niners fans probably didn't even notice. The Browns beat the Jaguars, and the Jaguars are going in the wrong direction at the wrong time, Larry. Um, Browns get to eight and five with the win. Jaguars, they fell to uh, eight and five with the loss. So that game had some consequence on it. Buccaneers, Falcons. Well, before you leave, the, before you leave the Jacksonville game, yeah, everybody and their brother will tell you that Trevor Lawrence is better than Brock Purdy. But is he? Trevor Lawrence threw three picks yesterday, three interceptions in that game. How about you know, that? I know he's got the stature. I mean, there's a one thing to be saying. It's, it's one thing to say, well, the guy's got the stature. Yeah, but you know what? Stature doesn't win games. Eventually, you've got to win games. I mean, they're they're eight and five. They're five and one at, on the road. It's not like Jacksonville doesn't win games. And it doesn't. I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence is garbage. But there's a lot of people that would just absolutely be like, yeah, Lord, Trevor Lawrence, definitely he's better than Brock. Is he? Is he better all than Brock? Things, all things being equal, Larry. And this this is going to sound like, okay, you guys are 49ers homers. It's a, it's a stupid question to even ask. Is really? it? Really? Hold on. All things being equal, knowing what you know about Brock and knowing what you'd know about the trading partner that I would, I'm about to ask you about, who would you, without a doubt, trade Brock Purdy for as a quarterback in this league. I mean, we would have started the year. And if I would have said Josh Allen for Brock Purdy straight up, would you do it? Everyone would have said yes. Right now. I don't, I don't think I'm saying yes to that. I wouldn't trade him for what's left of Aaron Rodgers. I know I would. I Okay. Patrick Mahomes. All right. I'll take that phone call. We can talk about that. That's who Mahomes is. There's three for sure. It's Mahomes in my opinion. Okay. This is just my opinion. If, like, tomorrow every team in the NFL's general manager called offering their quarterback for Brock Purdy, Mahomes, I would say Lamar, yes to Mahomes, and- yes to Burrow, yes to Josh Allen. Oh, okay. And, and probably yes to Lamar as, a, as those four. And other than that, I know people would say, well, what about Herbert? What about Tua? What about Lawrence? What about C.J. Stroud? What about Hall of Famer Russell Wilson? Uh, Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. What about the MVP favorite, Dak Prescott? What about Jalen Hurts? I just gave you my list. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Lamar. Those are the guys that I would trade Brock Purdy for, straight up for right now. I And I don't know if either of those four would be a better fit in Kyle's offense than Brock Purdy. I mean, that's the thing. You want to talk about the hand-in-glove relationship, the thing that is so special is the situation 
that Brock finds himself in and the situation that found Brock. He is the perfect quarterback for this offense. He does what Kyle needs and he avoids. I mean, again, the most important thing about Brock Purdy isn't just the plays he's making. It's the mistakes he doesn't make. The elimination of mistakes. I thought he took a couple of sacks yesterday that was the smart play. Yeah. You know, don't put the ball in harm's way. Don't give up on a possession or try to make something that has got such little chance of popping in your direction. Sometimes you just got to eat it and live to play another down or throw it away, throw it five players deep into the sideline. And he seems to make the right choice there as often as he makes the right pass elsewhere. So again, and it's funny, as I said that, that I, that I would take Mahomes, Allen, Lamar and Burrow. I'm looking at the chat immediately. There's like, you know, um, Bobby, Myra, everything is off schedule with Allen and Lamar. They cannot run Kyle's offense in the pocket. Um, you know, you know, um, you might be right. Here's the thing, Bobby, you might be right. And that's what makes Purdy the right chef for Kyle's kitchen. He just, yes, chef, whatever you need, head coach, I'm not here to question or, you know, you even asked him this, you know, about, hey, when it comes to game install and game plan, are you talking about the coach? And Purdy just said, no, you know, I get the playbook on Wednesday and I just have an awful lot of trust and I'm not trying to get involved in decision making processes that I'm I shouldn't be involved in. I'm the player. They give me the playbook. I run the playbook and that's how we have success. So, I mean, it just it's a great situation. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. Let's just say this, whether we can name, you know, every, and it's, it's all personal preference. There are people that are questioning Joe Burrow. Really? I think Joe Burrow was spectacular in the game earlier this year. But I'll tell you, Larry, look at some of the success that the Bengals have had without him. I know. I mean, if that were to happen, Folsom's playing well, if that were to happen, you know, like Brock Purdy gets the Joe Burrow injury, he can't go and Sam Darnold comes in and starts playing like this, everyone would be like, told you, it's the talent around him. Hey, Joe Burrow, and you don't say this very often about Bengals quarterbacks, but Joe Burrow's in a hell of a situation. He's got talent all around him that his backup quarterback has had quite a bit of success with already. So, you know, it, Robert you, you Walker, Ailes says Burrow's a system quarterback. I don't know about that. Again, every quarterback is in a system. <laughs> I don't All know about that. All of them. I, I we got this one too, and one more super. Kevin Johnson is that the is that the uh, former is that KJ the former mayor of Sac is that KJ the former Phoenix Sun? Uh, probably not. He says it's incredible. I oh, misspelled it. You might want to send another one. Most teams produce three, four, five true stars on a team through the draft. How many of the Niners produced? Well, I mean, um, you want to play count, count, count the great draft picks on the Niners. There's I mean, quite a few out there. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, are we talking about ever? No, or not ever. We're talking about right now, right now. Yeah. Right now. I mean, Debo, Ayuk, um, you know, I mean, obviously Bosa, Brock Purdy, Brock I mean, Purdy. Are we going to put Aaron Banks into this conversation? Aaron Banks, the blue chipper, no doubt about it. How about Dre Greenlaw? A couple of years ago, George Kittle's at the front of this conversation. Yeah, George um, Kittle. I mean, not even in these guys that are truly great that are no longer here. I thought DJ Jones was a phenomenal six-round draft choice by the Eleanor Hufanga. We're starting to see Ambry Thomas really round into shape. Diamador Lenore went from a question mark to a trusted agent all of a sudden. Jair Fred Brown looks like he's got future star. Did we did you already say Fred Warner? No. 
Because, I mean, there you go, right there. That's the best. Here's the thing. I don't know who is maybe the best at what they do in football. Maybe more than Fred Warner is the best middle linebacker in football. I mean, that's that's what he is. You know, Fred Warner is such an interesting guy, too, because there's right. Warner ain't too bad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Armstead's been really good. Dre Greenlaw's been damn good. I mean, the people are, you know. um, know, Here's the thing. Armstead didn't have all by myself game changing talent about him. But in the situation he's in now, boy, is he flourishing. He really is. So Eric Armstead is a very, very good player. Careers at every single position on the field. It's not just the quarterback. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, the Niners got it going on. You know, the other guy who's playing really well in the system and we don't talk about, we haven't mentioned him at all, but um, Randy Gregory is a nice piece to this puzzle, Damon. This guy's a speedy rusher. He really knows how to play. Really I good. Did, and I did an interview with him, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, Randy, you guys are truly rushing as one and it's it's like a, it's not everybody may just see a bunch of guys running at the quarterback, but it's really um, choreographed beautifully. And he's like, he's like, man, you watch the film, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I try to watch the film. And he's like, I appreciate that. I said, I'm not, I'm not coming in here asking you guys questions just off the off the off the dome, man. I've got to I've got to watch the film so I know what the hell I'm talking about. And he's like, I appreciate it. He's like, that's exactly what we're doing, because I mentioned to him against Philly last week that there was a play where Bosa knifed inside and it gave Hertz for like a two, a second or so a huge running lane. And then what Armstead did was he saw Bosa move inside. He moved outside. Hertz took one step towards that hole, saw Eric move into it and then dropped, kept going back. So it's that coordinated rush that I think the night, and that's why Bosa said, man, I hope Dallas copies what we did. Because if you looked at what uh, that Philly-Dallas game, Dallas, Jalen Hurts did not rumble for big-time yardage. He had five runs. His longest run was 11 yards. He had 30 total yards. Jalen Hurts can go for 80 yards. J- Jalen Hurts can have game save, game-changing type runs, and it just deflates a defense. Last few weeks, hasn't had those. And How much what? of that was the Niners' blueprint? What's really revealing about all this is you remember earlier in the year, they were going to that five, five hands in the dirt sort of defensive front, right? It looks like they've gone away from that. They're back to four, they're back to four guys down. Maybe the threat of a linebacker being there, but that normally gets peeled off unless the blitz is in rare there. Um, yeah. Randy Gregory has been a really good ad and yeah. he might have nothing. played the best game yesterday. And um, for nothing, Damon, by the way, the Niners traded, like the last pick of the sixth round for like, it was like they basically moved from the last pick of the sixth round to like the first pick of the seventh round. They gave Denver their sixth for Denver's seventh. It's going to be the equivalent of moving from like 228 to like 234 or something like that. You know what I mean? mean, Not even, it might be, they moved back like less than 10 picks. Randy Randy Gregory and they got Denver to pay the salary. The Randy Gregory trade was an absolute no-brainer, a no-risk addition for the Niners. And, uh, yeah, I mean, every GM in football should make that deal if offered to them. So they got away. The only thing I don't like about Randy Gregory is his number. Number five? I don't don't like when defensive linemen wear single-digit numbers. I don't don't like it in college. I don't like it anywhere. You're a big boy. Put on a big number. 
Yeah, but you know what? He did Niner fans a favor because now they can take their wasted Trey Lance jersey and just change the nameplate, and they got a useful jersey. There, hey, thank you, Randy. You know, Randy, thank you for that. Those thank jerseys you. are expensive. But you, you know, know what? what? This whole like Randy Gregory's a the Trey Lance thing to bed. <laughs> there was a lot of this talk of Randy Gregory's a bad guy. Oh, I'm telling you, man. I've interviewed the guy three or four times. He's as solid. He's solid. And if you go look at his his track record, what did he get? What a marijuana thing? I mean, literally, there's like 19 places between San Francisco and and Santa Clara where you can stop by and and uh, you know buy a J on the way to the game. The yeah, JJ exactly. Raider ganja jars right here, Larry. We don't fear weed on this yeah. broadcast. I'm telling you. So I mean, that's what made Randy Gregory a bad guy. I mean, come on. Randy Gregory is 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 solid. He's solid. And I, I was talking to Ed Werder when Dallas came in, and I'm like, tell me about Randy Gregory. He's like, yeah, really good, good, good dude. Really good dude. And now I've had a chance to talk to him at his locker a couple times, and it's like, you know what? This guy's really smart, really solid, really, like, consistent, really cares. I mean, this guy goes deep. I mean, he's an, he is an intelligent football player as far as what he's doing how it's coordinated up front i mean he's a true student of the game i mean that was a great addition by lynch and and he gives them something that they didn't have and it's hard to get in the middle of the year and that's speed off the edge he's got great speed off the edge i still think we're gonna see do you think we see beal at any point in time here because he it looks like he's you know he just he, he doesn't get dressed for these games Right. Well, you know, it's a numbers game. You know, people ask me all the time, hey, what's up with Beal? What's wrong with Danny Gray? Nothing's wrong with Danny Gray and nothing's wrong with Beal. It's just that there's only 53 up on the on game day. And, um, you know, it's like you got to be one of the best 53. You know, Beal, uh, Gray can't get on the field because you got Debo and Ayuk and JJ and Ronnie Bell and Ray Ray. And so, you know, there's going to have to be some injuries or some guys, you know, moved aside, and then with Beal, there's only so many D linemen you can dress on game day. Now, Beal does have a special trait. He's got 4-4 four, four speed off the edge. And in this scheme, where you just hunt quarterbacks off the edge and really get upfield, I think he could really be a force. So I think there's a, there's a very good chance we'll see Beal activated for a game before the end of the regular season. Um, There's one last point that I want to wrap up with before we get into our Trent Balky ralph conversation to wrap up today's show. Um, Is there any, is any unfinished business that you need to get to? No, no. I think we've, we've covered it. I I just wanted to say overall great team win for the 49ers. Um, I think we've, we've shouted out virtually everybody. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've gone through the roster um, I mentioned Jair Brown, Cleef Farrell. Um, yeah, I mean, I think overall, um, you know, uh, I, I will say this. I had a chance to go in the locker room after the game and talk to Dre Greenlaw. He took a pretty good friendly fire hit from Fred Warner to the hip. But uh, and, and Dre's walking around with about seven different uh, little injuries that he's playing through. But um, he said he's OK, said he's fine and said you know, he expects to be there for Arizona. So that was the last thing I was going to add there. Larry, the last thing I want to add is, you know, you and I, and there's there's websites like Awful Announcing that is dedicated to pointing out shortcomings in broadcasters, and there's plenty of those. You know, you and I have been critical of broadcasters in the Bay Area. Let's give someone the flowers when I think they really deserve them. 
Uh, and I know that you were in the press box yesterday, so you don't get to hear the game on TV the way that I got it at home. Greg Olson. Greg Olson is honestly one of the best color guys I think I've ever heard. The information, his sense of humor, his ability to predict or dissect plays is really elite. He's got that, I used to play in this league, savvy about him, but he doesn't shove it down your throat. And he researches. He doesn't just get off an airplane and get handed a roster and do a game based on that. He yesterday broke down the... Chavarius Ward, Ambry Thomas, Diamador Lenore, Isaiah Oliver playing time, love triangle or rectangle and how that's all related. And he knew it. He knew it like you and I have discussed it. He knew it like he was been listening to. I mean, he talked about a team like he was a local journalist covering this team, knowing the ins and outs of who's earning or losing playing time. He is really good. And if he's going to be replaced by anybody, it better freaking be Tom Brady because to me, he's just, he's state of the art. And he told a story about Kyle Shanahan that I just, I loved yesterday. And it explains Kyle Shanahan, Greg Olson said, goes about telling guys that he isn't looking to feed or freeze anybody out of an offense ever. He's just looking to attack space. And Kyle will tell a player who feels like they weren't really involved in the game plan that no, it wasn't you not being involved. It was me attacking space that you just happened to not be occupying. And so we attack Great space. Point. We're not looking to feed anyone. And then the really interesting thing is he says he tells the guy why he might not be getting the ball and explains it so the player doesn't create his own doubt. That's why Shanahan's a player's coach. Because he knows that these guys in their dark rooms and in their quiet thoughts will start to make up their own reasons. Well, why am I not getting the ball? Should I be angry? Am I, am I, do, what's going on here? And Shanahan will explain to a guy why he's not being used so they don't create their own doubt. And Olson brought that up, and I just thought it was a great comment and insight into how well-prepared Olsen is as a broadcaster and into Kyle Shanahan as the player's coach. Yeah, no, it's a great anecdote. Uh, Olsen, by the way, is kind of like John Lynch. I mean, he's got a higher calling than just being a color analyst. He's probably going to be somebody's general manager someday. He's really, really sharp. He's a worker. He's really bright. He's a good guy. So, And I think his partner is equally great, Kevin Burkhart. He's I very mean, good. Burkhart's a cool guy. I've, I've traded some communications with him through the years. Um, I really, to me, when you can make A-Rod and Big Poppy sound cool and interesting, you can make anybody. I mean, he's Burkhart's really good. He's good on the baseball roundtables. He's good on, on this. I think this, I think Fox's team of Olsen, Burkhart, and Aaron Andrews is the best going right now. Um, in my opinion, and it's all subjective, of course, but I like, I like all three of them. I think they do a great job. I think Burkhart's a big, big star. And I think, uh, Olson is as well as an analyst. Um, and as far as Kyle, I mean, you know, all you got to know is this offensive football is about creating space and defensive football at its core is about closing space down. And so it's just a matter of, you know, what is Kyle really good at? It's little wrinkles that creates space and 
you know, uh, it's all about the, it's, you know, it's almost kind of like the Al Pacino thing from any given Sunday. We fight for the inches and, you know, but Never it's really around us. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that scene in the one where LT's in the steam room and he's like, you know, man, I was, I, I forget exactly what LT's line was in the, in the steam room, but uh classic movie. Uh, but, um, you know, offensive football is about creating space and Shanahan creates it better than anybody. And that's why Danny Gray is still here. People are like, what's Danny Gray even doing here? Because Danny Gray's got huge speed and, and potentially to Kyle can create space. And I've asked Kyle about it many times and he's like, yeah, you know, we got to create space. Um, so, you know, that that definitely is is part of the equation. And Kyle's great at at creating space. And, um, you know, and and. You know, I said to McCaffrey, I'm like, man, you really carried out that play fake on the on the tunnel screen. And he's like, yeah, he's like, well, you know, I carry out that fake where all I do is just put my hands in the air. The linebacker takes five steps instead of that being a 15 yard tunnel screen. It's Debo goes to the house because that fake on the backside on the toss creates the space because um, there's only 11 guys in the field. You know, right. So about- as soon as soon as McCaffrey does that, he's not just holding a linebacker, but, you know, safeties have eyes and that's eye candy that a safety has to be paying attention to. And right. that's when Jamal Adams got turned into a piece of burnt toast, who, by the way, Jamal Adams. Most overrated player in the game. Seriously. He is not fast. He is not. He doesn't close down on the run game with the level. He's a, of he's a linebacker. Yeah, it's. It, I'm. I'm not impressed. And he, he hits you and starts you. And his wife, when he gets pointed out, is this guy blew a coverage? Did you see all that? What's that? Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams oh, was yeah. criticized oh, by somebody, and he's like worse he, than this. And he put up a picture of the dude's wife. And honestly, she was a cute wife, lady. Cute, like that's a thing. Like you tried to burn this guy down with you got an ugly wife. The whole world looked at her and is like, this is not like you even blew. Well, and, and, that, and of course, Jamal that's Adams. besides the point. Of course, right. but of I mean, course. it just it's just so it shows you how bad he is at it. Such a tasteless, <laughs> yeah. Really but I mean, is. how tasteless is that? You're gonna rip a guy's wife? Yeah, that's scumbag. I mean, Seriously, I mean, that's the kind of shit that should get you fucking fired. I mean, and canceled. That's just wrong, dude. That's just wrong. Uh, Dub B. Trey says, and we missed this one from earlier. So the Barry had two major wins this weekend. The 49ers in Oakland's own Devin Haney winning the WBC 140-pounder uh, event at the Chase Center. So good. How about the Raiders go. going down 3 nothing at home? Oh, I, my, my daughter's boyfriend is a Raider fan. I was talking to him last night on the phone. Uh, she was talking to him and, and I said, I said, Nick, you're just lucky that the NFL doesn't have relegation. Otherwise the Raiders would be in the XFL right now. Weren't they coming off of a buy? I think I saw uh, football back by decades. Uh, Josh Dubose said that uh, it's the first time a team has been shut out three, nothing in a dome. Like every other three nothing score is attached to like a terrible <laughs> weather sort of situation. It was 68 and sunny in the dome, and the Raiders couldn't even put up a point at home. Uh, Cosmo there- asks one more question, Damien. He says, any word on Zach Ertz? There has been no word on Zach Ertz. I did say to uh, um, our, my buddy who's a former Monta Vista coach, I'm like, hey, man, if you see Ertz, try to get him, conv- try to, try to get, him uh, get him on board. And the only thing about Ertz is Ertz doesn't play special teams. You know, he's a, he's he's going to be a backup tight end who's not a great inline blocker. But Ross Dwelly is 
does have a high ankle sprain, so there is a fit there. And I think the Niners initially probably weren't interested. Then once uh, Dwelly had the high ankle sprain, is going to miss a month or so, maybe more, uh, that maybe they are interested. Supposedly there's five or six teams that have interest in Ertz. I would Damon, sign him just as a backup. You got the cap space. It won't hurt at all. You might as well. You're deep enough into the year where yeah. you're not going to turn around and need that cap space. There probably isn't a better player available to be added this late in the year than Ertz. So I think they they should if they can. Yeah, I mean, the question in Vince Vargas is maybe Ertz is not fully healthy. That's part of it. And then maybe, who knows, maybe he wants more money. I would be interested in Ertz from the Niner perspective at this point. You're playing, you know, right now you're playing, you know, three-dimensional chess. You're no longer playing checkers. So you might, the Ravens lost Mark Andrews. Do right. I want Zach Ertz? Well, I don't want him in Baltimore. You know, the, the, the Kansas City, Kansas City's got terrible weapons. I don't I may not want them, but I don't want them in Kansas City. I don't want them in Dallas. I don't want them in Philly. I don't, don't want them in Miami. I don't want them in Miami. I don't want them anywhere else. And he is a Bay Area kid. He went to Monta Vista. He's a Danville kid. His wife, Julie, I think is a Bay Area person as well. They both went to Stanford, possibly. Uh, I know, obviously, Zach did. Yeah. Um, I'd be all about Definitely. Uh, getting hurt, even if it's just for the block. Well, sometimes you got to make a move that's a couple of moves down the table. You're looking at this, Larry, and you see maybe just turkey and stuffings, but I see the green beans. I see I see the other things on the table that are options. Ralph, would you go out bed uh, signing uh, Zach Ertz? Do you like guys from Stanford? <laughs> You're always talking ACLs, and you like injured guys, and you know I always, I, you know, I don't like injured guys. I, I like people who are healthy. I'm healthy. Tate's healthy. Tommy's healthy. We're all healthy here. I don't like injured people. I've done it over and over again. I've told you time and time again. Sometimes I get out of the Miata and I make sure I get out slowly so I don't get injured. <laughs> And, you know, I, I do. I appreciate a good education. Personally, I'm Wharton School educated. and I'm like, <laughs> You know, it's good that Ertz is in Danville, Damon, because that means he can go to the Amici's. It's in Danville. It's in downtown Danville. I like it a little bird. You know, get the, get the, the, the lemon pepper wings. They're special. They're really special. I've told people, I've told him many, many times that I think those lemon pepper wings are special. Now, you can get them spicy and you don't want to go atomic. I don't go atomic. I told him, I, I told Peter, I won't go atomic. Please don't make me go atomic, Peter. But I like him a little spicy, but not extra spicy. No, no. No, no. All I can tell you, Larry, is that uh, you're Ralph. It's fantastic. It really, really is. Uh, thanks Drake, you going to Toontown? Oh, man. I, when you, me and Tate went to Toontown. What you do is you get in the park, you get the hopper pass, you go to the back of the park, you work from the back to the front. If you work from the front to the back, it won't be as fun. You're not going to have as good. Yeah, you want to have fun, right? Don't you? And definitely go to Toontown. Definitely go see the Disney princesses. One of them I met the other day, she goes to Fullerton. I'm probably a little too old for her, but she, I think she took a liking to me. She's a KMBR listener. You and she told me that she likes my show and she thinks I'm quite handsome. 49ers wake up. We'll be back on the air at 8.35 on Friday as we get you ready for another weekend of football. Thank you for being here. Hit like and subscribe on the way out. I've got a show starting in 13 minutes. Uh, it's the Damon Bruce Show uh, on the Plus. Larry, what do you got coming up later today this week? I'm going to take all oh, later this week. Oh, man, I don't know later this week. I got a bunch of stuff. Tune into the Krug Show. We're gaining subs by the minute. 30 uh, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hit the gym. I got I got a two hour uh, meeting on the treadmill. 
I'm going to push some weights around. I'm going to think maybe maybe Kyle talks at 3.30 today. I'll be there for that. Uh, I think Grant and I may stream at 4. I'll be watching Monday Night Football at 5.15. We got a lot of stuff coming from Santa Clara. And in Trent Balky's voice, you know, John, you ought to go get Zach Ertz. Go get because, he, you know, the guys, you know, the guys got two good ACLs. And I've always said, you know, when I was on with Damon, he would ask the tough question. And it bothered me then, but I can appreciate it now. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.